is in the know for Thursday, March 4, the 63rd day of 2021. There are 302 days left in the year. Good morning, MB. Guiding you through in the know at K105. On Litchfield's Country Station, 103.9 The Moose. Live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify podcast on Facebook. Watch on YouTube Live on Periscope. And the hashtag is in the know. Coming up today, we'll update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the commonwealth, and the country. Also, uh, activity, busy, a lot of activity in Frankfurt this week to tell you about. Plus, Bailey Stevenson, the executive director from Beehive Homes of Grayson County, will stop by for a conversation as they're celebrating a milestone. That and a whole lot more coming up today here on In the Know. Settling into my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire. Here's my beautiful wife, the beautiful girl. It's Beach. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How you doing? I'm okay. You gave up dark colored soft drinks a long time ago, right? Uh, oh, yeah. It's been, what, five, so six been, years? Yeah, it's been longer than At we least. realized, probably. Uh, but you used to drink Diet Coke uh, like uh, like we did, uh, like and like I still do, but uh, not as much. Did you know Diet Coke tops the unfavorite list of brands of soda? I thought it would really? be the I thought it would be the favorite. Uh followed by Sierra Mist, Sunkist, Seven Up, Barg's Root Beer, but then Ginger Ale, particularly the Canada Dry version, is next on the list. But that's your go to now. It is. Well, when I gave up dark sodas, yeah. it was it was hard because sure. you lose caffeine. Um because even if you go to Sprite or ginger ale, you don't get the caffeine. Sure. So, but, but you were able to, um, you so you did some migrations. You went to clear soda, and then you I went did. to tea, and then you went back to ginger ale, and, and I still found do the tea. You, yeah. and you you found the sweet spot there yeah. somewhere in that uh, in the sweet spot that you like there. She's the pride of Punkin Center, the heiress to the great Minnie Burger fortune. She's Vera Wang's arch nemesis and the professional market hunter's woman of the year. She's Misty Embry Thomas. Hey. How's Misty? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. Happy Thursday to you. Happy Thursday to you. Um, would you be interested in moving to a town called Starbase? Elon Musk, the Tesla dude, mm. SpaceX dude, mm. he wants to start his own city in Texas and call it Starbase. Okay. All right. I'm he, surprised he's a Texas liking guy. Well, probably just lots of available land. Yeah. Uh, he is. He hit up Cameron County, Texas officials about incorporating the city of Starbase, Texas. It's familiar territory for him because SpaceX has a private launch site and rocket production facility there. Um, they didn't have a good day on the launch pad yesterday. I don't know if you've seen any of the footage, but they blew up a rocket on the pad yesterday and. Uh, that sounds bad. This no, is, I did not. This is the company that wants to carry us into space. <laughs> you can't get me and off the <laughs> That's the rocket that they want to carry us into space on, and they blow one up on the pad. You kind of go, mm, I'm not sure I think that. I'll just go camping this year instead of going to space. Stay a little closer, uh, a little closer just to stay on my roller Earth. skates. That's right. Uh, we'll be cooling down for the next few days, but we'll be remaining dry. 
Weather-wise, we'll see warmer temperatures next week into the 60s and 70s. The next best rain chances appear middle of the week next week, so about uh, Wednesday is when you can expect maybe uh, and also some into Thursday for the next round of precipitation, giving us a chance for our rivers and streams to uh, get back within their banks and our soil to dry out a little bit before we make a turn for spring in earnest. Mostly sunny and 57 today. That'll feel nice. Mostly mm-hmm. sunny and 57. The sunshine, I think, is doing a lot for yes. people the last couple of days. Mostly clear and 31 tonight and partly cloudy and 50 for tomorrow is what you can expect. Did you all see uh, yesterday or it may have been, I think it was early yesterday morning, maybe even the day before, this SUV crash in uh, California? Mm-mm. It was. It caught my attention because it's like a late '90s Ford Expedition, um, and I had one that looked exactly like it. But it was. It was hauling twenty-five people. Is and that possible? Yeah, it is. When I tell you why and what they were doing, thirteen people were killed. Oh my gosh! And one of the deadliest crashes involving migrants sneaking into the United oh States, but come to find out, they had cut a hole. In the wall. So they cut a hole in the wall, and there's we have a picture of where they cut a hole in the wall, which defeats the total purpose of the wall. You know, right. we kind of we were sort of told, hey, the wall will make our border not be porous. Well, if they just cut a hole in it and drive a late nineties expedition that is designed to carry nine people, but it's got twenty five people in it, and as they're fleeing police, they or as they're fleeing and trying to traffic people into the country. They get involved in a multi-car accident, and 13 people die. God, it's terrible. That's so sad. And there's the expedition. You see oh, it get wow. uh, hit, with a, hit with a truck. And so it's just... Oh, my gosh. But it calls into question some of the things that I thought that we spent a lot of money on this wall. Right. Uh, we were told that it would be good for us, and I'm sure in ways that it is. But like with anything, cat, uh, cat and mouse, cops and robbers, whatever it is, you close off. You know, if you put a barrier here, then I just have to get more creative in coming up with new tactics to get what it is that I need. So I, I don't, uh, I'm not sure what the, not sure what the answer to that would be. Anyway, it's just extremely sad. Uh, closer to home, 1,175 new coronavirus cases announced by. Governor Bashir yesterday brings us to 407,000 and some change. We uh, did have 33 new COVID-related deaths reported yesterday. That brings us to 4,704. The positivity rate jumps on down to 4.6%, 680 hospitalizations. They continue to uh, tick down. Edmondson County in the yellow mm-hmm. as of uh, as of today. Mm-hmm. All the other neighboring counties in the region are still uh, orange-ish. Heading toward yellow. Still have a couple of blips of red in Caldwell and Lyon counties. Green, Taylor, Adair, and Russell are still in the red. Also, southeastern Kentucky, McCreary, Whitley, some of those areas are still uh, red. But things are progressing and looking uh, better from a COVID standpoint. Governor Bashir said yesterday 20,000 people were vaccinated yesterday alone. 20,000 Kentuckians alone got the vaccine for COVID-19 yesterday, bringing us to 731,000, just shy of 732,000. That means 25% of Kentucky's adult population has had at least their first injection of the Moderna or Pfizer vaccines, which requires the second shot. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which will require only one dose, should start being distributed in Kentucky 
this week. Um, so that's um, that's good news. And you're starting to hear bubblings of uh, the travel industry and uh you're getting countries now that are deciding, are they going to require what they call vaccine passports? Are you going to have to be able to prove that you've had at least one jab uh, or that you've had two jabs or whatever it takes to get you fully vaccinated before you can travel internationally or before you could get on a cruise ship or before you can, like in Israel, they are, Israel is requiring you to even get into the grocery store to have to prove That And it's just a simple app on your phone with a QR code, and they scan it for your entry to get into restaurants and all those things that they're using that as the reason. They're using that as the encouragement. So you got a lot of people say, oh, I'm not getting the vaccine. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's fine. You don't have to get the vaccine. You are nobody's going to twist your arm. But if you want to go to a ball game, you're going to have to. Or if you want to go to a store or you want to go to the movies or you want to. That's where they're going to start to, and private businesses get to set those rules. It's their business. It's like no, no shoes, no shirt, no vaccine, no. That sounds an awful lot like buy, sell, and trade. <laughs> I'm just saying there's some biblical terminology in there. Yep. Uh, but isn't it interesting that Israel is a country? You know, it's, the old question is, is you're wait. not supposed to be in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> always makes you wonder is in israel a country or a race you know yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. you can yeah, make an agree. you can yeah. make an argument on, on yeah, both cases people, so sure. but uh, nonetheless it would be interesting to see how that a lot of people are having to live to deliberate like okay so how do we how do we really encourage people to do this no you're not required to but guess what you're not you're also not at liberty to just do yeah i don't know an intentionally set fire has heavily damaged a residence in wax Tuesday night, about 11, the Wax, Litchfield, and Clarkson Fire Departments responded to an arson fire in the 400 block of Washburn Road. They uh, initially, a sheriff's office was dispatched to the residence after the property owner who lives out of town informed authorities that a burglary burglary alarm was sounding. And then uh, there were also someone on surveillance cameras running from the property. The owner then reported seeing smoke on surveillance video with Wax Fire personnel responding and requesting additional manpower from Litchfield and Clarkson. Firefighters found the back of the house, which appeared to be an addition, fully engulfed as fire spread into the attic area of the residence. Officials said an accelerant was obviously used to start the fire. State Police Arson Unit was notified and uh, took control of the evidence and the scene to do the investigation. I, I mean, I know people who are trying to you know break the law or burglarize or do anything. I don't you just have to assume that people are monitoring now? I mean, we have some inexpensive yeah. monitoring systems, whether they're trail cams or whether they're doorbell cams or right. whatever they are. I just, I mean, I'm I'm not a criminal, but I can't, if I were, I would hope I would be smart enough to go, I'm going to get caught on camera if I'm I do that. I'm being watched everywhere. Yeah, right. I mean, they're, they're right. just cameras One everywhere thing. you turn. Mm-hmm. A Hardin County man has been jailed after breaking into a former girlfriend's residence, tying her up and assaulting her. Uh, on uh, Late over the weekend, Vine Grove police arrested 27-year-old Jason Shamblin and charged him with kidnapping, first-degree burglary, first-degree strangulation, third-degree terroristic threatening, etc., etc. Shamblin uh, kicked in the door of a woman's home, tied her up with a dog leash, and began assaulting the victim by choking her and striking her in the face. 
The victim informed officers that Shamblin was in possession of a kitchen knife during the attack and repeatedly threatened to kill her and set her residence on fire. According to uh, reports, the victim had recently broke off her relationship with Shamblin and placed his belongings near the road in front of her home. He was lodged in the Hardin County Detention Center. This has always been a fear of mine is that my girls would end up with somebody who was not stable, who was dangerous. Thank God they didn't. But it was always when they were younger, I was like, what if they end up with that guy? Yeah. Who could potentially be dangerous when angry? State uh, State Senator Steve Meredith has released his latest uh, legislative update on various things that he's uh, sponsoring and then also uh, talking about that you can read about at K105.com. Senate Bill 55 and Senate Bill 56 are a couple of his bills that he is co-sponsoring. But also you can read more about Senate Bill 4, uh, about search warrants and arrest warrants, Senate Bill 6 which is uh, dealing with the uh, ethical behavior within the executive branch. Senate Bill 10, Senate Bill 3, Senate Bill 6 are all in the mix. There are lots of legislation flying around Frankfurt this week as they, uh, you know, they get really, they've turned the corner, but they're starting to run out of days going, okay, our legislative calendar says we only have this many more, so if mm-hmm. we're going to get to these things, we uh, must do it, including there's a um, open records request bill that, uh, I have to have a meeting on today because it uh, impacts uh, Kentuckians broadly, but also impacts uh, the media and other people who are looking their you know, sunshine laws that give the pe- people the ability to uh, actually make sure that their government is acting in their best interest. And, and by the way, just to be clear, um, because I know our, our legislators uh, watch the show sometimes, I'm not completely against modification of some of the open records requests. Um, but it, it just needs to be reasonable and practical and protect when it needs to be protected. But one of the things it does is that it gives them five days instead of three days to comply with open records requests. And in the news business, when it moves really fast, oh, kind of uh, right. We we live in a, in the twenty first century. We move <laughs> faster and quicker, and information moves around more quickly. I'm not sure why we're adding. Right. Basically, a third more time to the two thirds more time to the process. A judge, a Kentucky judge, temporarily blocked new Republican-backed laws that threatened to invalidate executive orders by the governor to slow the spread of COVID-19, saying the measures could create an atmosphere of chaos in the state's pandemic response. Governor Bashir's administration made a what he called strong case that the laws are likely to, quote, undermine or even cripple public health measures needed to protect Kentuckians from the pandemic. This was according to Franklin County Circuit Judge Philip Shepard, who some people call a political hack. I I didn't call him that, but some I've heard yeah. him called that mm-hmm. by someone before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the judge blocked three laws. Was it incompetent? It was incompetent, incompetent. political hack. That's right. Uh, the judge blocked three laws pending more proceedings in the high-stakes case. His ruling came as pandemic-related restrictions ordered by Bashir were about to expire under one of the measures. He, uh, Bashir, who challenged the law soon after his vetoes of them were overridden, said he appreciated the judge's order and signaled that he's had discussions with lawmakers. I wonder if there are any other people in Frankfurt today who would also e- echo the, the sentiments of Maddie Griswold Bevan, that he's an incompetent, incompetent hack. It wasn't political hack. That was that that term was reserved for Donald Trump to Mitch McConnell. A political political yeah. hack. There's lots of hacking going There's on so much the last few years in, 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 on the, the political politics. landscape. 
I'm a hacker. You're a hacker. She's a hacker. We're a hacker. Wouldn't you like to be a hack, too? Uh, the Kentucky Senate voted yesterday to require schools to reopen in-person instruction by late March, leaving the bill uh, potentially one step away. From being sent to the governor, the Republican-led Senate weighed in on the hot-button issue of getting children back in class amid the coronavirus pandemic, voting 28 to 8 to pass the measure. The bill would require that in-person classes resume by March 29. Under the bill, school districts would need to offer at least a hybrid schedule where students attend in-person classes at least two days a week and classes are held at least four days a week. Districts would still offer virtual learning for children when their parents request it due to the pandemic. So I've sort of lost track. Different schools doing different things. No, it's happening. Not, a, not only, not <laughs> no only different districts, different schools, schools within yeah. districts this, yeah. doing different yeah. things. So I'm a little like, I don't know what they're doing. I see buses. Go, don't go. But, we don't well, know. <laughs> and so I get questions from Memo. Are they yeah, Brett and that's a county. Who knows? Right? Well, but I'm then like, Memo, I don't know. You got so many people. Well, my kids go to Brett County. Well, my school kids exactly. go to Edmonds County. Or you got yeah. others. Like, mm-hmm. I, they're I private schools. I hope they're going it's... to school. <laughs> I hope they're getting educated. <laughs> anybody is, out there know what's going on? <laughs> my thing is, at this point, this late in the year, school year, why bother? Well, it's, I mean, it, they're just trying to salvage, I guess, whatever yeah. they can and get back on a schedule. But conversations about the end of the year are yeah. going to have to start happening. Like, wh- how are we going to, is, how are we going to address the end? This, is, but this is, if we were going to get back in, we need to get back in now for our seniors so they can if have their senior tea, they can have their prom, they can have their commencement service. Yeah. Like, it's important for me for those kids to get to have those things because we watched last year's kids be denied all that, and it was so hard. Sure. But other than that, I don't know how you catch up if you come with the flooding a bunch of kids back in who are behind. But, and I don't know that we do have but kids. But curious if this lands on Andy Bashir's desk because he was the one telling them don't go to school, mm-hmm. don't go to school, don't go to school, don't go to school, right? And there were people that sued and said, we're going to school. Now there's a bill saying you've got to offer some in-person mm-hmm. classes, and where will he be? Like, well, are you? used to say you can't go to school. Now do I say you have to go to school? I don't know. You know, I feel like the bus drivers are just sitting in their bus, starting it and turning it off. Starting it and turning it off. Like, I, I don't I don't know what to do. You know what I would have done? I would have showed up at school on days I wasn't supposed to. I would have forgotten what day it was. Again. Oh, wait. I was, what's today? I Tuesday? could so see you doing Monday. that. Monday. Yeah. It, it could happen. And then he'd say, I tried to go to school and they right. made me go home. That's exactly. <laughs> I wasn't allowed in. Mom, they wouldn't let me. They <laughs> wouldn't take me. He would so do that. Well, yeah. I, I just <laughs> probably wanted to go for PE. Well, they have, well, I'll just hang out in PE class all day and that's fine. I'm not supposed to be here today. Yeah, can I still eat lunch? <laughs> yeah. I eat lunch before I go back home. Yeah, it would be just fine. <laughs> we got to get to a break. Bailey Stevenson is here. She's from Beehive Homes of Grayson County. They're celebrating a big milestone. And we'll talk with her and learn more about Beehive coming up here on In the Know. Today is March 4th and Do Something Day. So uh, draw something up on paper, Misty, that you're supposed to do. Uh, it's also Grammar Day today. Did you draw something? Uh, oh, those are all the things you're supposed to do on March the 4th. All right, good. Starting today. All right. And it's National Snack Day today. So oh, I do love a good snack. One of the things on your list should be uh, find, find a good snack. Bailey Stevenson is the executive director of Beehive Homes of Grayson County, and she joins us 
in the studio. I know, right? You're one yeah. of the, Bailey, good morning. You're one of the first guests to be allowed back in the studio. Awesome. So, uh, <laughs> you're welcome. Congratulations you. for that. And uh, we've been living in a, you know, a Zoom world for so long and yes. on the phone line. But because of the good news, we just decided, hey, come on in and let's uh, celebrate a little bit. Yeah. I was talking, um, before we talk a little bit about, I will tell you a conversation that I had with Mary Nell a few weeks ago, but, uh, what, what does the executive director of Beehive do? Like what, what you, do, I'm sure you do everything, don't you? Yeah. The better question is probably what don't I do? So, <laughs> okay, yeah. um, yeah, we, we pretty much just run, I myself run daily operations, um, do a lot of marketing. I'm kind of the marketer too. Um, I do move-ins and, and I'm on call. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a mix of, I wear every hat. So yeah, that's. Just a rundown. <laughs> That's one of the benefits, though, yeah. of Beehive is yes. that that one to one staff to mm-hmm. uh, patient ratio is that you've you know it's kind of it's almost like a boutique type of yeah. you know I, I kind of refer to it as a boutique type of a, assisted living or right. uh, community that's there and a whole lot like a like a family. But right. uh, back to a conversation I had with Mary Nell a few weeks ago when she said, you know, we're rolling up on our ten year anniversary, and I mm-hmm. thought, wow, that ten years has gone by. Uh, so yeah. quickly, but this milestone is one that you all really kind of want to celebrate and remind people what you do and who you are. So who are you? Yeah, um, we've been there, like you said, for this is our 10th year, and I've been there for three of those. Um, and, you know, we are kind of that in between um, kind of what you would think of for older people that maybe can't stay at home anymore, but maybe they're not quite ready for skilled care and things like that. So that's kind of where we step in um, to kind of take that burden off the family so that, you know, they get time to be a family and not just have to worry about caregiving and, and doing that side of things. So, um, you know, we we do everything that you do at home, basically, that maybe an older person needs help with every day, um, maybe bathing, um, dressing, toileting, um, things that are simple for us, um, but get a little harder as we get older. That's kind of where we step in. And um, honestly, we even do all the way up to hospice care there. So, you know, that's that's a great option for, for people to know. Once you get kind of settled in, it becomes your home. And we, we try to really make it home-like for them and incorporate things they love and and uh, make that aging process a little more graceful and a little easier. So I I kind of want to, we've had the, the luxury of uh, Mary Nell being on the show several times mm-hmm. and, you know, had a good working relationship with her over the last decade. But there are some, you know, I, I kind of know their story or I know uh, she and John's story about how they kind of decided on the beehive and how mm-hmm. they decided on Grayson County. But there are often times that others can tell the story a little bit better yeah. than we might tell for ourselves because modesty sort of kicks in and you don't want to be braggadocious. But you're, how did that all come about, the the history of John and Mary Nell Bovier and the Beehive and Grayson County? Mm-hmm. How did it come into existence? They sort of um, stumbled on the concept of beehives. Um, that was actually something that the, the corporation itself actually originated out west. And there was a man that was looking for a place for his grandmother um, in Idaho and said, I can't find anything I like for Mamaw, so I'm going to build one. So he built this this corporation, and it's it's kind of come out east our way and um, turned into what we know here in the community. There's there's not a lot of them across the nation, so we're really blessed to have um, this corporation working with us here in Grayson County. Um, we kind of get to take it and make it our own. 
Um, so John and Mary Nell really bought into it, and it's kind of like a franchise. I tell people it's kind of like an Arby's, but for <laughs> assisted living. You know, you buy into it and make it your own. And so that corporation really allowed them to decide on the floor plan and decide on the things, the values they want incorporated at the Beehive. So, um, you know, they kind of took it and ran with it and made it their own, and, and that's kind of how they came to to what we are now. So so there's a model of uh, uh, there's a model to the standard of care mm-hmm. and the names and kind of the ide- the naming and the ideology mm-hmm. but each uh, operator if you will gets the ability to then help kind of custom make their facility to yeah. blend into the community in which they're operating. Is that right. what I heard you say? Yeah, and so each beehive that you go to no one is alike. Um, each owner actually gets to sit down with contractors and decide on, you know, if we want this room incorporated like um, an entrance foyer or things that might be appealing if if we know this small town, you know, things like that. They kind of could design it to accommodate the things that the community would like. You know, one of the things that you touched on that I had never really considered until uh, just now while we were talking, but it, it, it has to help. You know, we're a community where for the last couple of generations we might have raised people in Grayson County and Grayson County High School, and then they've gone off to college and maybe moved out west and built careers and et cetera. And, but then it comes time that maybe their parents, right. they need to do something a little bit different, and they're still here in Grayson County. Um, in the same way you used fast food as the, when you pull up to the drive through and you know what to expect when you're at a particular restaurant. And so if you're familiar with the beehive, when you know there is one in this community, mm-hmm. it kind of gives you an idea or a confidence of the A level of care, the model of the standards, et cetera, and helps give you confidence when making what are really hard decisions for loved ones. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, and our, we're blessed that we work with a corporate that is um, sort of really involved, but also not really involved. So you can call them, you know, for questions and say, we're running into this issue. Do you have any other beehives going through this sort of thing? And we're working on these transitions and things. And so they kind of give you insight, but at the same time, they say, you know, you can make this your own. You can kind of tailor it to what, what is best for your community. So that's a really awesome thing for us here in Litchfield. When I've been there, I've had the, you know, the privilege of touring a few times, but also I, I was invited to speak a couple of times and uh, in, in, enjoyed that, but it's kind of one of those, it's, it's a big house. It is. I, I think of it because <laughs> yeah. you've got a showcase kitchen, you have a showcase great room and living area. Yeah. And then there are like these little suites and apartments that, you know, that are bordered around the outside and it just looks like yeah. an enlarged house. And it's in fact, the next best thing to home. And mm-hmm. it actually feels and looks like a home when you're there. Right. Yeah. I usually describe it almost like a a giant colonial house, what you would think of. And um, that open kitchen concept and all, that was, there's actually really a lot of thought uh, put into the designs of beehives. And that's something that, you know, with memory care, when you're working with those kind of things, um, smelling fresh cookies, baking in the kitchen um, throughout the facility and, and it being like a big house, that actually sparks some memories and is a great thing for memory care. So right. um, it's a really neat um, really well thought out idea for for that open concept. Listen, this last year, you know, you you can throw the the rule book, the handbook, the any book, the guides, whatever. You know, we yeah. we've had to figure it out. What's the last year been like for you all at Beehive? Not just the operators and the staff, but for the residents as well. It's been different um, as it has been for everybody, um, and it's been a a huge learning experience. 
every day is different, of course, with COVID and everything happening. And, um, you know, it it isn't as involved um, with the community as usual. And that's something that we really miss and we're really ready to get back to um, because we are on the go all the time. Um, and whenever things are normal, you know, we're going out to Captain D's and we're having people come in to sing for us. And things have kind of slowed down um, this year, of course. And it's been a little hard. But on the other side of that, you know, it's been kind of neat to – just be at home and just be with them there. And, you know, they kind of get to know each other more because we're all we've got. And, (laughs) and, you know, that's not a bad thing. And and it kind of helps you to get to know them better um, as you are more personal with activities and and care that they need and stuff like that. So it's been hard, but, um, but I think they're doing well and, and we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. They've all got both rounds of their vaccine and hopefully with, the Lord helping us through it, we'll get there. But I've yeah. always marveled at how many uh, school groups and community service groups always pay a lot of extra attention to the your facility, and people want to go in there and mm-hmm. do projects and crafts and things. And yeah. uh, it's it's all it, it enhances the experience <clears throat> for everyone. And don't there's also there's a there's a takeaway for the people who give of themselves to do that mm-hmm. as well. So everybody wins in that particular situation. And I got I also I haven't said. Uh, publicly, but I also should say that my mamma is a resident with you all right now. She's been there for, I guess, about a month or so and um, just is is thriving and doing well. And so we, we appreciate the, the care that you all are providing to all of your residents, but in particular, my, my grandmother, Gladys, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the model and how it how it works is it is it leasing is it are there commitments are there like how, how does how does it work if I need to explore or consider this as an option yeah if you're starting to look around um, <clears throat> to make this transition um, a lot of people kind of don't know where to go with it don't really know what's going to happen um, as far as getting it set up and so with us it's not a binding contract whenever you move in it's not like we say, here, you have to sign a year-long lease or what have you. <clears throat> we actually just say, you know, if you are on a month-to-month basis type situation. So if they give us a 30-day notice and they don't like it um, and they need something else, that is just fine with us. Um, but usually that actually helps people to kind of decide, you know, I can give it a shot for a couple months. And if I don't like this and I don't like this transition, then we can find something else. And so um, it's it's just kind of month to month and you pay rent sort of like you would at a regular apartment. But there is no binding lease agreement or anything like that. So you're not getting stuck into anything um, to try to get through this transition. Yeah, you're not you're not obligated long term at a really pivotal transitional Mm -hmm. time for people that the worst thing you can do is then lock them into, you know, hold them over a barrel type of thing. So it it, uh, it has to be advantageous for everyone involved. Now, I know even though COVID numbers are looking good and we're now to the point of returning to some level of normalcy, we're not exactly ready to throw the doors open and say, stop by anytime for a tour. Right. But there are plenty of ways and resources to be able for people to learn more and get a better feel for your facility. And what are those various ways we can get that information? Yeah. So a lot of people really like to keep track of us on our Facebook page. Um, we have a Facebook page called Beehive Homes of Gracie county and the residents love to be on the facebook page so you can see kind of what we're doing as far as activities 
Um, you can kind of take a tour. I've started an album on there. It's a very limited virtual tour, but um, it's better than nothing because you get to kind of see what the room looks like, um, see how we can furnish rooms for you. We provide, you know, we can provide the furniture, television, cable, all of that. So you kind of get an idea of what the facility facility looks like and um, kind of what we can provide on there. And um, you can actually just Google my number. Um, whenever you Google Beehive Homes of Grayson County, my number pops up there. And um, I'm on call all the time, so I can answer any questions for you um, and, and send you over some um, brochures and things like that in the mail or however. Listen, we're thrilled to be a neighbor because uh, mm-hmm. you are very nearby us, and we're super happy about your 10-year milestone. I mm-hmm. uh, want to wish you the best as you celebrate this year Thank and you. continue taking good care of my mammal. Yeah, we will. <laughs> well, you know, I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Bailey. We'll see Thank you again you. soon. That's Bailey Stevenson. She's the executive director of Beehive Homes of Grayson County. Thank her for stopping by. We've got to get to a break. Got more on the way here on In the Know. Did you know people see better when they are scared? Oh. So if you get scared, for some reason, your vision improves. Oh, I thought it was because we turned our radios down. (laughs) I'm open to anything because I can't see worth a flitter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was... um, Bailey was sharing with me as she left, uh, Mm -hmm. sent a message to my grandmother she said i know she keeps her radio on it's like yes that's why i have to mind my p's and q's and be on my best behavior is uh i don't want to i don't want to get a note uh, there's a note there's a note waiting for you so that's um that's good um what else what to tell you about today oh uh we're looking forward to uh two things uh three things tomorrow is taylor's birthday okay um and um, Raya and the Last Dragon comes out. Okay. But so does Coming to America. Coming to America. That's tomorrow. Tomorrow on, on Amazon Prime Video. So yes. I know what I'll, at least one thing I'll be watching this weekend. Uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, the Disney movie, will not be shown in Cinemark theaters. So I'm just trying to tell you that before you go charging out to the, to the cinema... Depending upon which brand you're going to, if you have a Cinemark, you'll not find it because um, the theater chain has opted not to host the animated flick at all. And the site says that the uh, deadline is the site that's reporting this, says the reasoning stems from Disney's rental terms for the movie. It uh, says, in quote, uh, in the current operating environment, we are making near-term booking decisions on a discrete film-by-film basis, focusing on long-term benefit of exhibitors, studios, and moviegoers, Cinemark uh, relayed in a statement about the decision. So what's that code for? I don't know. We didn't like the terms of the deal. Listen, Disney, I just, like, was giving you mad kudos yesterday for keeping the industry afloat. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't – I mean, maybe maybe that's what it is, maybe – or maybe Cinemark thinks that um, that they're not ready to reopen to enough that it will be successful. Well, now I'm going to say don't bite the hand that feeds you, right? I guess. Now, if you want to stay home, 
you can pay the $30 route. If you are a Disney Plus uh, person, even, I guess you have to have first a Disney Plus subscription, then if you want to pay an additional $30. But here's where it's different, because I know we always get bogged down on this. Like, well, that's a lot more than going to the movies. Well, you factor in travel and food, et cetera. Are you sure? It's probably not. But here's the other thing. You pay your $30, and you get to watch the movie for 30 days. Mm-hmm. So you get, because I will tell you, uh, I have a case study about <laughs> Frozen 2. Mm-hmm. We took Alea to see Frozen 2. Now, if you know much about Alea, uh, <laughs> you will know about her that she'll watch movies pretty much on a loop. And a lot of kids will. She, she's, not, mm-hmm. she's not unique in that regard. But it was her, it might have been her first trip to the cinema. It, it was either her first or one of her first couple. First uh, couple. First couple. So, but we got to the end of Frozen 2 and she said, can we watch it again? Right. Play it again. <laughs> Baby. Uh, well. Well. That's not how this works. <laughs> not this time. I know it's comfortable. <laughs> and you're yeah. like so settled in mama's lap. Yeah. But from the top. Yeah. Not you're not going to turn it on again. <laughs> yeah. Roll that beautiful <laughs> Elsa footage. Come on. Uh, More popcorn. <laughs> Roll in the drinks. Right. But, um. <laughs> At least with the Disney Plus, if you buy it for $30, you yeah. can you can fulfill the request. Yes. Can we watch it again? Sure. Yes, honey. Knock All yourself out. Here's the, here's the iPad. Yeah. Uh, just uh, have, go in there, please. Have, have right at <laughs> just it. Just yeah. go over yeah. there. You can watch it again. I was, I'm not really ready to watch it again yeah. just yet. Are you all intrigued with what Meghan Markle is going to have to say to Oprah on Sunday? Not really. I mean... A little bit. I want the dumbed down version. Like you want the talking points. Yeah, the end result. So I'm wondering which which one of her parents gave gave the press or, or the the royals a run for their money. Was it her mom or her dad? Her dad. Her dad. Yeah. Okay. Her dad. So yeah, is, does she have enough of that personality in her that she's going to be like, let me tell you here, a little. I'm going to spill all of my guts. She's she's decided. Remember, she had to join the Anglican Church and she had to like check all these boxes. But then she says, "No, I'm going back and I'm going to be an American and I'm going to do American things and I'm going to do it the American way." And blah blah. Well, now the palace, or by the way, they sometimes call the royal family the firm. I didn't know that 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 Brits have a nickname for the royal family called the firm. But the firm has released a statement, and they've got people who worked for her in a royal capacity that say she's a bully, and she had forced a couple of people to quit. And so I'm wondering, okay, how much of that is smokescreen ahead of the Oprah interview being shown on Sunday? But you you also got to, like, so I go back to her dad, you know, apples and trees. mm -hmm. But then I think... Is there's something different about her? Who leaves the royal family to come back to America? Right. And you have to have enough about yourself that you would walk away from And that. I'm okay if you want to come back to, to America. But to give up the digs? Yeah. Like to divorce the royal family? What? Well, they're claiming mental health. Uh, Harry, Harry knew he was never get, getting to the throne. And so he went and said, I, I can, care. I can create a cottage industry though, doing the, I would, I am my mother's son more than my father's son. I'll let William, 
I'll let William be uh, dad's son, and I'll be Diana's son, and I'm going to go out here and make my own way. And but he we'll, could have done all that without we'll the be, actual. We don't want the money. We don't want the. They don't, this but they don't want the restrictions. They don't. They don't want the guardrails. If they're not going to get all the benefits of the of being king or queen, then they're saying, well, then let us out because we can go to Hollywood and make way more money and just do whatever we want to do in the way we want to do it in ways that might be good and in ways that might be bad. Okay. My money's on in within the next five years, they're going to be standing at the front door saying, let us back in. Let us back in. Let us back in. They're going to have a house on Rough River within three years. That's what they're going to And then after two years here, they're saying, let us back in. Let us back in. Let us back in. I guess I'll watch it, but it's I'm a little bit over them. I'm a, I'm a little bit over them, kind of like, oh. Yeah. And in this headline, Tiger King's Joe Exotic warns that he's not holding back in his tell-all memoir. There's more. I uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> you, you're holding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. there was more. You're, you're, oh, you're holding? the love. I thought, I thought we surely knew everything there was to know. Uh. It doesn't strike me as the holding back type. So, we got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got plenty more on the way. We'll finish it up for the morning. You're on In the Know. So all the Dr. Seuss talk this week has had me you know, scrutinizing more stories that we know from uh, childhood and things. and so, But it did make me wonder. Why? I'm not blaming, but why was an egg sitting on a wall? Yeah, who put him up there just to let him fall? Uh, Eggs, by their very nature, are precarious. What was the egg doing on the wall? Okay, so was it politically correct to call him Dumpy? Dumpy. I know, but basically you're saying he's Dumpy, Mm. right? I guess that is a version of dumpy dumpty hum, humpty dumpty put out with an umpty <laughs> <laughs> it's true and who put a cat in boots did, the, did they ask the cat <laughs> do, do you want to wear boots <laughs> Animal have you too. ever tried to put boots on a cat i bet you haven't maybe <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. No, I can't tell that on the air. Uh, (laughs) Well, I'm not certain. Okay. I think I I might know of an example of when boots were adorning a cat. Okay. We did try to put one of those dog outfits on Alice one time. (laughs) It's a local example, too, so that's why I had to be more careful. Yeah, 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 yeah. This PSA will delight. Misty. Experts say kids should wear helmets while sledding outside. Yes. The troublesome part of this is that why did these experts wait until March the 4th to speak (laughs) out? We've already had winter. I mean, why? You know we can't pair it without you all. (laughs) Why are you a day late and a dollar short We needed to know this on 12-4, not 3-4. So should we send our hospital bills to them for being tardy with the information? All of the experts. Yes. Uh, on television tonight on ABC, the season one finale of Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, uh, Rachel Lee Cook, Sherry Shepard, and Kevin Nealon, and the season one finale of The Chase is on ABC as well. Have you either of you watched Clarice yet? Oh, yes. Do you like it? I do, okay. but I'm not caught up, so. We've not watched any of it yet, but I haven't. I knew one of you were interested in it, and I couldn't remember it which me. one. 
Uh, so yeah, I, I haven't watched a, a moment really of it, good. but I think there's a chance that when I heard "Oh Clarice" and "Silence of the Lambs," I just thought this was going to be an extended version of "Silence of the Lambs." Mm-hmm. Me too. Which so I didn't really like that movie. I didn't either. Uh, I don't even like the Joe Dirt scene. That's an homage to it. it scares me. <laughs> The scariest part of Joe Dirt. It creeps me out. Is when he's it being just makes me all held mad. in the pit. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, but I guess what it is is Clarice. It's a crime drama, isn't it? Or an investigative. It is. okay. So, and I like that type of programming, but I have, they kind of lost me on FBI There's and some so of the other more crime those. dramas right. that, that CBS have done recently. I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of over this genre. Mm-hmm. A little bit. It's really good. I mean, I'm not caught up, but it's really I'm, good. I'm just afraid, like, Anthony Hopkins is going to suddenly show up on screen. Or like, Buffalo I don't want to see that. Is that well, what they call I'm it? hoping so. Buffalo, Buffalo Bill. Bill. Yeah. yeah. Dude, Anthony Hopkins. Uh, Hopkins is scary. He sh- but he should show up. I don't want any fava beans or Again, anything like that. Not even with a nice Chianti? Franklin D. Roosevelt took, play, uh, took office <laughs> as America's 32nd president this date in 1933. Is Trump going to be president again today? Listen, I it used to be March fourth. You're going to be the. It is March fourth and do something day. I saw the other day where somebody had worked out the math that he could run for the Senate in 2022, then uh, have Biden impeached, and then be back <laughs> in. Then that would make him president if he was majority leader. I'm I was back, like, baby. I know. I'm like, so you're saying there's a chance. <sighs> It's a wonky I'm, ladder I'm, to climb. I am so amazed at how far down the rabbit hole some people have decided to descend. They're working. It's whew, step away from the computer. <laughs> Don't Google another Listen, thing. You, you need to unplug. Get off the line. Here's, <laughs> here's what I am thankful about. Yeah. People are learning the political process. Well, they are. Yeah. Educating themselves. In 1797, John Adams was inaugurated the second president of the United States. In 1863, the Idaho Territory was created. You know what we got the next day? Taters. <laughs> tots. We didn't, the have, third day, there were we tots. didn't have taters before 1863, <laughs> and then we got them. <laughs> Bring me taters. Put them in my pocket. Former Energy Secretary Rick Perry is 71 today. No relation to Steve Perry. Oh, that's such a shame, too. I always hate to hear that. Emilio Estefan is 68 today. Catherine O'Hara is 67. Any kind of scarlet? Maybe indirectly. Mm-hmm. Catherine O'Hara, Kevin McAllister's mom on Home Alone. Yes. And Maura. I love her so much. I knew you all liked, him. liked her. She is like, so fantastic. She should be kind of Scarlett O'Hara. McKelty Williamson is 64 today. Bubba from Forrest Gump. Oh, okay. okay. Patricia Heaton is 63 today. I had a brief encounter with Patricia Heaton one time. Mm-hmm. That's she so well. played Ray Romano's wife on uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. And Stephen Weber is 60 today. Stephen Weber from Wings. He also played the mayor of New Orleans on NCIS New Orleans. Gone but not forgotten, Vivaldi in 1678, Newt Rockney in 1888. Here come the chart toppers. Word them up. Let's go to 1957. Perry Como was number one. 
And um, I think it's his version of You Spin Me Right Round, Baby, Right Round, like a record baby, Right Round, Round, Round. round, round, round. And your heart's a song with a oh, I see the correlation. Go spinning round, 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 cause you found... They should license this song for a commercial about fudge rounds. In the night, you round, see round, the round, round, round. Or round roast. Is round roast a thing? Chuck round. Is Chuck round a thing? No, I'm confused. It, I think it... I think it can be both. Okay. Mm. Let's go to 1966. Did I mention we're going to 1966? Sergeant Barry Sadler. America's best. The Ballad of the Green Berets. One hundred men will test today, but only three when the Green Berets. Hey, can President Biden get by with calling um, conservatives Neanderthals? I thought name calling was not allowed. That's not nice. That's I a, thought we were not allowed to do name that's calling. That's why we're sanitizing now. our books and our cartoons because thought, we don't want people calling names. I thought from inauguration day forward right. there was no more name calling. Yeah. And so yeah. now that's malarkey, Mark. Some people in Texas and Mississippi are Neanderthals. Oh, no, he didn't call people Neanderthal. He said that was Neanderthal thinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Blackwater, the Doobie Brothers in 75. Nana, 99 Left Balloons in 84. A Whole New World, Bebo Bryce and Regina Bell in 93. Hey Baby, No Doubt in 2002. Lady Gaga, Born This Way in in 11. And Post Malone Malone Circles, number one a year ago today. All right, MB's proloism for today. Ambition is like love. Impatient both of delays and rivals. Ambition is like love, impatient both of delays and rivals. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Misty Thomas, for Beej, I'm 